Hey everyone, and welcome to the Open Minds Podcast, where we try to open each other up different perspectives and remain open-minded to all incoming thoughts and opinions. I'm Jake. I'm Cole. And I'm Neral. And we're high school seniors from outside Philadelphia. While listening, we hope you guys keep an open mind with us. So, guys, I've, I've I've been thinking, well, this is an idea of mine. I, I've talked to somebody about it, and they, they kind of gave me this idea, right? What if pants, you know how pants have a zipper in the front? Yeah. What if they had a zipper in the back? Okay. So, so when, when, no. so when they're all came to us today, he said, guys, I have a good topic to start the episode with. Let me so explain. You got it. There's a ranking system, right? There is number one. There is interesting, two is okay, three is you're getting a little off topic. And the last one Why are you doing is, an accent? I don't know, I just get kinda of natural. Can we and do the this the whole podcast just an accent? <laughs> Can we just and the, act like we're, we're from New York or something the whole time? Let's do it. I'm gonna finish my thought now. <laughs> okay, so um, I can <laughs> Um and then there's there's whatever you just said. No, just so, okay. Uh, can I explain no, this? We'll, can you we'll, we'll 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 play this game for the rest of episode five. But if you come up with a with a with a starter like this, no, let me explain. Again, let me explain. Jake, you. can you give the man an opportunity to talk? This is one of the worst things I've ever seen just, I mean, anyone do. You are just silencing the opposite was, opinion, it's just, and it's he ridiculous. He was just so excited to say this, and then I didn't know it was going to be a poop pocket. <laughs> you didn't even give him. Dude, it is. You didn't but, even give him a chance. I'll, I'll give you some inspiration behind this idea. Okay. Have you ever seen, you've seen Friends, I assume, both of you? I've not seen Friends, actually. Never, okay, never in my seen life. Friends. All right. Yeah. Well, there's a scene in Friends near the end of like this, the end of the uh, whole thing where uh, Ross, one of the main characters, he mm-hmm. has like leather pants, mm-hmm. which are like really tight. And he also, he goes on a date and then he like goes to the bathroom and he can't pull his pants back up because they're too tight. Oh, uh, okay. What I'm thinking is that solves the problem with having a zipper in the back <laughs> because you don't have to take your pants all the way down. All right. That's a good. Uh, so, so then you just, you know. Zipper Alf. <laughs> My only question is though, how many people have this issue? I think a lot. Like, imagine. Like, have you ever worn pants too tight that you can't lift them back? No, up? kids. When you were a kid, you're saying you never had trouble like getting your pants down and up. Like, you, like you know, you, I'm gonna say that one missed me. What? Never. Like, you, like you know, like that panic, like when you're about to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. and like you can't get your pants down. I'll say there's a panic that I can't get it fast enough, but I always get it. And I will say a comment. I don't know how deep we're getting to this topic on the podcast, but as an avid bidet user, I'm worried about splash zones. I'm worried about... Oh, it'd get your, on your pants. Exactly. That would be disgusting. No, Listen, wouldn't. no, I think there's a use for this, honestly. I'm going to be honest. If you were able to just unzip and the zipper started at the top, yeah. so that way you can just kind of, like it's like a, a flap... You know what I mean? It's not a whole zipper. It's like it goes all the way up to the top. Yeah. So it goes down and then you just open it. I think that would be so much easier than just I think pulling this down is my the next pants. fashion trend. I'm not about to wait, lie. wait, okay. But here's an issue that I'm really I, glad this is the this is the this is gonna be the first episode since I told my intended college that we started on that. <laughs> Hello. That's true. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Um <laughs> here's something that Here's something. When you I'm ready for the intelligent conversation. <laughs> When you kind of lift up to kind of wipe, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the flap of the of the pants is going to be in your way. Why? It's going to be in your way because of gravity. If you go, if you go down, 
like this. Yeah. How do you? How's it going to be? The, in the flap way? is going to be all here, dude. Think about it. You unzip it. You unzip, here. and it's like on the edges. No, but it's oh, on nice. the edges, and then you lift your butt up, and then they fall in. Why do you lift your butt up? <laughs> Jake can't do this. Really, I'm, I'm, really, like, I'm like really upset we started the episode with this. I'm Dude. also just concerned. Like, this is the first time like your boss just posted the podcast on his Facebook group. <laughs> True. It's like, True, it's like a really okay. strange time. <laughs> Listen, we're teenagers. Anyways, um, but I feel like it'd get in the way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think it would. I think it's just impractical. You'd have to latch it See? onto your thigh. You'd have to <laughs> click it. I don't love. I don't and love at that idea. point, it's too much. You know, just topic as- like topic choice aside, it's I'm not a fan. Uh, I think it's problematic. I agree. Um, I think like it just isn't okay. like it's it very like not enough reason. To create this like the, the issue there's, <laughs> there's like, no market for it yeah there is a market there's, there's no it. market no, no no there is no market it I, does, number so two even number if two, there is supply does not meet demand yeah. <laughs> there's not like we don't there's not a demand enough like high enough okay, even if problem. there is a market for it it does not solve the problem because the flap it, it's going to make it more complicated because the flap is going to get in, in the way of the wiping that's like creating like a built-in like stapler that goes on your shirt it's like yeah it's, it's like, like something that's like okay yeah i could use this maybe once yeah but other than that I will okay, never. Other than that, it gets in the way, Imagine. and also it isn't that good at stapling because I have to pull my chest <laughs> towards the paper. You know yeah. what I mean? It doesn't even solve the issue. Imagine like you're going like to a party or like a club or something like that. The people people wear like tight pants to look good, right? Who's, who's the restroom before and called a day? Okay, but you're still wearing like tight pants. So if, mm. if this, I think this would. That's the market I'm going for. Okay, oh, we're going for the, the, <laughs> the, like, the bathroom the, club market. That's what we chose here. Kind of. Like, I mean, everybody goes to the bathroom. Jake, mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> that is true. I that feel like true. Statement. it's not I, like a, a defined market. It's everybody. You know, I feel like the lesson here is not let's create a super niche product for a super niche market. <laughs> I think the solution is just let's buy pants that fit us. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's that but, simple. Like, <laughs> I mean, sure. I don't know. I feel like everybody that I've pitched this idea to has shot me down so far. So you guys know different. But it's a trend. Yeah, I'm sorry, Neral. I'm not. I, I still feel like it would be a good fashion trend. Like, like somebody could do it. I'm vetoing it. If it Using does, my veto powers. If it does happen, I want credit for it. By the way. Okay, moving on from that conversation. <laughs> moving on from the poop pocket. Are we going to <laughs> the poop pocket? The poop pant pocket. Oh my god. Um, the PPP. It's <laughs> the worst thing I've ever heard. Um, let's talk about this weekend. What'd you do, Cole? Um, I made a short film for my uh, boss, my ex-boss. He's, he's working somewhere else now, but um, short film for some advertisement for his kind of website. He mm-hmm. kind of has this book community, like kind of younger book community for like you know, just discussions and memes and like posts about, you know, books and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's just like a, it's, it's almost like a website book club for like younger people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, That's so really I, cool. I made a short film for him. Um, I visited Pitt because my brother was looking at it. Mm-hmm. And, oh, you know what? I, I started watching Justice is Gray, which is the Justice League. It's the Snyder Cut, but in black and white because like Zack Snyder planned to his true vision was having it in black and white. So I started watching that. Interesting. How do you know? Um, I didn't do too much. I slept a lot and um, I started looking at like some scholarships for college, but other than that, not too, not too, too much. Well, I also visited a bit. Um, oh my God, with, did you really? <laughs> I was actually, I actually was with you guys the <laughs> time um, to look at University of Pittsburgh because that's a prospective um, school of mine. 
and we went around the, the city doing like little food tours. We got Thai. That was so good. Oh my God. I tried Thai food for the first time. Really? Over Pittsburgh. When we were at Pittsburgh. It was amazing. I just got pad Thai with chicken and shrimp. And I love it. The peanuts, the thin noodles, the sauce, all of it. I love it. I love Thai food. I love pad Thai. I don't like peanuts, by the way. So I, I take peanuts out. Uh, but I think they, I think they I think make they, it. Yeah, they make it. I agree. We actually we liked it so much and we got it last night too. Jeez. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I need to have it again. And There's then, like two places in Phoenixville that have it. It's really? really good. Can you yeah. text me those? So uh, I'll, I'll text you. Okay, we went to a place you. in Westchester that was really good. Oh, okay, good. Um, and then we got like really good French food for brunch the next morning. Um, we literally ordered like it was four people, and I think we ordered like probably like eight meals. Oh my eight god! Entrees. Wow, that's crazy. It was absolutely amazing, um, including a, a, a table side crepe like flambe situation. Oh my god, wow. that's so it cool. was amazing. Um, but yeah, it was a great introduction to the city. Um, and I really enjoyed it. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Um, I say we uh, move on to our first topic. I agree. Let's spin the wheel. It is my topic first again. I feel like it's always it's an Iran always topic. Really? Let's think historically. Yeah, from episode so, two. From episode, episode two. two episode did. one was you. Episode two was Neral. Episode, episode three. three was Neral. Episode four was me. Neral. <laughs> no, wait. Was but episode three, part one was just you. Yeah. Yeah, so but then like, I started at three point two. I guess that is still you. Guys, so trust me, the wheel is random. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is random. Okay. All right. So my topic is gonna be a little bit shorter, but uh flying cars. Oh I was <laughs> I was looking at it like last night. Mm-hmm. Such a cool thing. I, I, I love like it. I love it so much. Thing I found out though, which is pretty cool, which I want to talk about. It like in nine in the early nineteen hundreds. We had like early cars and early planes, and it was actually more fathomable to have a car plane, like a flying car, than it was to have like roads across the country. Really? And like, isn't it so cool that we took a turn uh-huh. to roads instead of flying cars? <laughs> that is yeah, kind of cool. I mean, yeah. think about the infrastructure of, of our like, transportation systems. Mm-hmm. Isn't that just crazy? Yeah, like when, when we were like, I was on the Pennsylvania Turnpike like probably two months ago, and it was just crazy seeing like there was like eighteen like massive massive highways that probably cost like hundreds of billions of dollars, yeah. maybe even trillions, um, and like I feel like if that money was put into flying car research, it would be like. Yeah. A, a done deal and it's crazy too that like we don't think anything of it like honestly every day i'm just like oh yeah there's a road yeah it's a road you know yeah. nothing special but if there was a flying car i'd flip i'd be like what the fuck like holy yeah. shit like this thing's flying in the air right now like, like we're like, still there like we're still like from 100 years ago we had the same mentality to flying cars yeah like, oh my god that's so kid sick but, like, do you think flying cars will like work more like planes yeah helicopters or like some like a hover technology hover i'd say hover but i've heard that cars are too heavy nowadays to fly like like a plane Mm -hmm. so i feel it could be some hover i think helicopters are probably the most effective though yeah it is more like a helicopter it's helicopter and hover kind of thing and the problem is what i was looking at last night the problem is that you have to make something that's heavy enough that it can like withstand the rugged road Mm -hmm. and also fly Oh, which yeah. is like the engineers call it the unsolvable problem mm-hmm. because you, like there's no material that's 
heavy enough to like withstand all like withstand a road and also fly. And I was I was looking at it and it was Uber, Google, uh, and I think Boeing spent over collectively over a billion dollars oh in my God. For like flying car research. And I, I'm just wondering, how, how long do you think it is before we get flying cars? 100 years, I think. 100 years. I think we're far away from it, uh, personally. 50, I'd say 80 to 100 years. Wow. Like, it seems super easy, like, compared to the things we've done. Like, creating the internet is far bigger of an accomplishment than a flying car. But, like, I think, like you were saying, like, the paradox of, like, the material, I think we're just not there yet. Like, we expected in the 40s, like, you see pictures of 2016 that they predicted in the 40s. They thought everybody would have flying cars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... I'd hope it'd be in 30 years, but I'm extending that to 100 years because realistically, you know, people in the 40s thought it, we would, but we yeah, didn't. I think also, um, I think it's going to take a while just because, like, actually, no, I take it back. I think it, like, there would be way higher of a demand for it in the future just because of how old U.S. infrastructure is becoming. Like, roads have more and more potholes. Like, like most of our roads were built in, like, the 1950s. Um and, like, compared to other NBCs, like Canada and Australia, we have some of the oldest infrastructure in our roads um, ever. So I think, like, there's going to be a huge demand for it in the future, um, in the near future, actually. And I think, like, that'll probably prompt a lot of, of government research. This is making me all so excited for a flying car. Like, now I'm, like, re- now I really want <laughs> I'm, one. I'm, like, terrified you know of what I mean? I was sitting there last night. I was, like, I was looking at, like, test videos because they're actually, like, are a bunch. And there are a lot of them that are really close. Yeah. Like, um, there's a company called Aeromobile, mm-hmm. which has says... Obviously, it's like probably, um, what's the word? Over exaggerating it, mm-hmm. but like they said, uh, by 2023, they're available for commercial sale. No way. Which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. But I looked at their test, like flight video. It's exactly a flying car and it's so sick. No way. So what's the cool. company called? Aeromobile. Aeromobile. A E R O M O B I L. Oh my God. That's so, so cool. cool. That's crazy. Um, I, the ones that have been successful, though, right? Though They use the helicopter technology. Like yeah. the, the. I've seen one where it has like four different circles, yeah. almost like a drone, and it's just like spinning. Yeah. That, that was one in Japan, I think. Okay. Yeah, it, it was like. But the, this one has like. It's more like a helicopter where it has a thing in the back. Mm-hmm. And it just goes up, and there's like two um, wheels in the front. Yeah, something okay. like that. Yeah, helicopters are dangerous, though, aren't they? More dangerous than planes. Yeah. So I, I, wonder... I love helicopters. I think they're so cool. I uh, think they're cool. I but... want a helicopter. Like I want a helicopter more than I want a plane. Yeah, I just heard, I heard they're dangerous. Maybe it's only at low altitudes. Like when you're flying a helicopter, it's like very dangerous. Mm-hmm. To... Well, they can't. They stay in relatively low altitudes. True. Maybe it's just hearing the Kobe story, like. Yeah. I don't know, just hearing how, like, a pilot can mess up like that. I don't know. It's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaky. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, I am, like, terrified of heights. And, like, I don't know. I think it would be the coolest thing in the world to have flying cars. And I, I definitely want to try one. But I don't trust myself to drive one. Like, I was say, you don't have a license. Yeah, no. But, like, <laughs> how, would, how, would, how, would the, how would that work? Like, would you need, like, a separate license for a flying Oh, yeah, car? totally. I mean, yeah, I, there was no way it would, tr- like, carry over. I think... You'd need you'd training. See, do you think your, like, regular driver's license would just, like, go right out the window? Or do you think, wait, oh, wait, no, that's so scary. What if it's, like, a, a socioeconomic dynamic where, like... Only rich people have poor drive on the ground. Rich yeah, that's, what, that's, that's what, horrible. That's what I want to Wait, that could be, like, a cool, like, like, topic for, like, a book. You know that could mean? be really like, good for a or like some sci-fi world. Yeah, I actually think that is going to be how it starts off for sure. Because I mean, that's how cars started. Only the rich had mm-hmm. the 
the cars. So, I mean, as unfortunate as that is, I think that's going to be the case. And then it also comes into like global warming and like all that stuff. Flying car obviously emits more gas because it just needs more energy to fly than a car would. So, I don't know. I feel like. Hear me, hear me out. Solar powered cars, flying cars, you have to fly them next to the sun, unlimited power. So you can't fly at night? No. Well, I guess, you, <laughs> I guess you get enough power to no, fly at not. night, right? If it was solar. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's completely, completely joke. Actually, never. Oh, was? Yeah, that's completely joke. <laughs> but, like, imagine, like, imagine, like. That was a fake laugh, by the way, everybody. Like, imagine, like, flying, like, a <laughs> flying car. I went typhoon so bad. <laughs> Me too. Like, imagine flying a flying car. To to like work like imagine landing on a skyscraper like that would be so, so cool imagine really just cool. landing like when we were in Pitt we saw like a trillion helicopters because Pitt mm. actually wait this is stepping us that was so they cool they had the second like most helipads in like the entire country besides like the Pentagon which is like such a cool stat and I think like if we see like imagine like dry like driveways are gone and instead you just have like a helipad on your roof. <sighs> Oh my god, now I'm like, kind of now you're making me like jealous of the future. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And it's so crazy how like, I feel like technology in transportation is so separated because you have like, like bullet trains and you have like regular cars. And then like, we have, there's like fighter jets. Like there, there was one that just flew over our area the other day because um, President Biden uh, was in Delaware County promoting the American Rescue Plan and the airspace was restricted. So it was guarded by fighter jets. Um and like a plane went from or a fighter jet literally went from atlantic city to over our area in five minutes oh my god that's like, just, like, crazy. so cool and, and probably most of that time was take off take off exactly. and landing um and it's like so cool to think like how separated technology in transportation is because you have like those high speed like like one of those could probably take down like all of the roman empire yeah like, think about like there's just like that degree oh my god i never thought <laughs> it's, like, of that kind of cool um and then like versus like someone's like 1994 toyota camry it's like there's like such like a a difference in how we perceive technology and transportation and like i feel like if we just like merge those two worlds mm-hmm. like i feel like it would just be better for everybody yeah what i i would agree i definitely say there's a disparity there like you look at the trains in japan you know well their public transportation i guess isn't as much of a disparity but what are they called the bullet trains yeah that go at like, like the high speed trains yeah what like 300 miles per hour or something like that like we don't have that on the ground you know everything's up there there's like a, a huge push inside the the Biden administration for the next big plan like we just had the american rescue plan um like the next big bill will be a, an infrastructure bid oh. um, and a lot of people are, are pushing for secretary um, Buttigieg to um, push for a high speed tra- like railway system throughout the united states connecting like New York, Washington, Boston, um, and then like obviously places. I don't know how far you can go in the West, mm-hmm. like, but I, I know there's been like a huge push yeah. and debate in the party for that. Is Buttigieg the Secretary of Transportation? Yeah. Oh, okay. I feel like I knew that, but like I mm-hmm. almost forgot it. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, Elon Musk has like a company called the Boring Company that has like that high speed tunnel. Oh it's yeah. Going from mm-hmm. it's in LA. Where's it going? Is it LA to Las Vegas or something? It's something, it's something like, that. like that. Yeah, and I think again, I I don't know if that causes disparity. You know, like what you were saying, Jake. I don't think like there are people with supercars, but it doesn't make them like that much better. You know, like that's yeah, true. I don't think flying cars would really perpetuate that. True, and I do feel like I'm. Well, no, I'm saying I'm saying flying cars would bridge the disparity. 
that we have in transportation right now. Like, like, I don't know, there's such advanced transportation technology that is just not integrated into civilian life. True, oh, but don't, don't we yeah. think there's a reason for that? No. Well, there is, obviously. It's, it's like, what if we had, like, jets that didn't have JDAM missiles on them? Yeah, true. And, like, machine guns? <laughs> and, like, radar technology? True. And, like, connections to the Pentagon? Like, what if we just had, like, less, like, fast jets that weren't made by companies like Lockheed yeah. Martin and cost... Twelve billion dollars per unit. Do you think Lockheed Martin can make a Batmobile? I think they can make the coolest Batmobile in the world, and I actually need to see a prototype. Right you know the you know the Batmobile. Why in, would they though? They would never do that. You know the Batmobile in the Dark Knight and Batman Begins was real. Yeah, isn't it's, that so cool? That massive. Well, it wasn't. Like, like the model was real. Like it actually. Well, it no, didn't, it didn't have <laughs> missiles. It didn't stuff. shoot missiles, but <laughs> it did. Um, it did drive. Like, didn't it, someone buy it? Maybe someone did buy it. But it's so dope, like just how big Neural has no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> but just how like big that's it probably, is. That's probably one of my favorite Batman models. That might be I think be so favorite. cool. Imagine like <laughs> this is horrible. Imagine like US soldiers like pulling up in like Iraq in Batmobiles. <laughs> like what's terrible. going on there? Like that says a lot about our country and yeah. like, our defense. Yeah, because it's actually a military thing, right? Isn't it or no? No. The oh, Batmobile? Okay. The one they used in Batman Begins in the Dark Knight. Oh maybe. That think, model looks very military. Yeah, I think I heard that it was like actually a military um, like design. De- yeah, design and device. But I don't know if that's true. So. Oh my god, I actually really want to see Lucky Martin make a Batmobile now, like so badly. That'd be so I cool. think it'd be so cool. Have you seen the recent Batmobile? No. The, oh, it's like the one with Robert Pattinson. With Robert Pattinson. It like just looks like an old-timey car. Uh-huh. Like that's it. Uh-huh. Do we like it? I mean, I like it. Let me look up a picture of it. So, Robert. Everybody listening at home, take a second to look up Robert Pattinson's Batman Batmobile. Look up then, flying cars, too. The pictures are so cool. I was showing Jake. They're mm-hmm. so cool. And then collect your thoughts as you look up each photo. All right, here it is. Yeah. Oh, I actually hate it. Yeah, it's it's very like just carry, but like with an extended oh, yeah, engine. No, no, that's that's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely horrible. So why is it like a Mustang? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> see it just looks like a Mustang. I'm into everything else in that movie though. Yeah, I think Robert Pattinson's gonna be good. Sorry, Neural, we totally shifted your topic to I don't, Batman yeah, sorry. talk. I don't care. Oh, so, that's great. I'm Batman. No, okay. Is that cool. pretty good or no? That was the worst thing. Is that Please never do it again on this podcast. You'll be Can we all do our best Batman impression I right now? Be participating. Neural, you can go ahead. <laughs> What is weird to yeah, say? Yeah, okay. Cool. I don't what think, is it to say? I don't think they're all sat knows what do you know what Batman like sounds like? Have you seen any Batman movie? Well, I mean, I've seen him in Justice League. Justice League, and, yeah. And oh like my Batman god, I can't believe Superman. Batflack. Batflack, yeah. What is yeah, your, ben Affleck like Batman person. was your first Batman impression. That's so sad. That is kind of crazy. But what does he say? What the he typical says, Batman like he says, I'm Batman. Or he's like classic from the Nolan one. It's like, where are all the other drugs going? Or like He's like, swear to me. Why, why isn't Ben Affleck like that? Um, I've just never a different heard of Just a different take. Just like an old man that's yeah. broken. Christian Bale is much more like, like scary. Like he looks fear. like Bruce Wayne too. He's like, he is Bruce Wayne. He really is Bruce Wayne. That was the biggest issue with Ben Affleck was his Bruce Wayne was just like, Horrible. and his Batman. He's just not that good. But yeah. this Snyder Cut makes up for everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other final thoughts for? Flying cars are so cool. I'm not going to lie. I wish I could. Oh, they are dope. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's spin the wheel. What was this called again? The wheel spot? Yeah, the wheel spot. Oh, was it, was it, was it wheel spot? We, yeah, we call it like, I all right, it, this is a good wheel spot. Got it. Why? No, I feel like it was something different. No, that was it. It was either wheel spot or wheel stop. And I think we decided on spot. 
Wheel stop. Well, yeah, because it's a combination. Wheel stop. No, it's definitely wheel stop. I was like, wheel stop, wheel stop. No, it was wheel stop That's the thing I was because doing. we were like, cool. this is a good, it was a combination of this is a good place to stop. This is a good spot to stop. So it's wheel spot to stop. No, you said it's a good place to stop. Wheel stop. It's I a good think place it's to the wheel exact stop. conversation we had last episode. I think like, it is. Exactly okay. conversation. Whose okay. is it? It is yours, Cole. It is Kelly. mine. Let's go. Okay, so I'm going to be talking about conspiracy theories because in the name of being open-minded i feel like it's very important to expose yourself to you know differing viewpoints than what the public believes um and kind of i one of the keys is of being open-minded is like always being open to challenging your beliefs even if that means we reaffirm our beliefs in the even end. if they're crazy you know what i mean even if they're crazy listen these I are totally some crazy ones these are some crazy ones are we getting into like cool things about companies or like alex jones we have now it's i i have three I, I have one in my mind that I've been I've been thinking about recently. Oh yeah, bring that up. I wonder if it's one of these. But I have three consp- conspiracy theories. I'll just do like an intro and then we'll go through each one. Um, but what do you guys know about conspiracy theories? I mean, I prior to everything that unfolded with him, like in the past two years, I was a huge Shane Dawson fan. Oh um, yeah, and he was a huge like propagator of conspiracy theories. Like, yeah, talked about them all the time. So I know mine through him. The Chuck, he did the Chuck E. Cheese exactly. pizza one. Yes. Yeah, and I believe that. I buy it too. I he buy did it too. a good job with that. Um, but oh, I'll, talk, I'll say it one sec. But I, he was my first like exposure to conspiracy mm-hmm. theories before he became a crazy pedophile man. Yeah, is um, he a pedophile? Yeah, like and just really old videos of him are like horrible. The things he said about. Oh, doesn't he say the N word? He has said the N word, but like yeah. like videos. Let's of him not being, get into the same. Yeah, thing. yeah, okay. <laughs> um, he's relevant now. Um, the Chuck E. Cheese conspiracy theory is that they reuse pizza from other like old tables. Like if you go to Chuck E. Cheese and you get like a pie and you leave like two slices on the table, they will put those two slices into a new pizza and sell it. Yeah. And like What's if you the... look up like picture, look up like pictures of Chuck E. Cheese slices, and then like it is, and then you'll man, see it's crazy. They look like like the pepperoni like isn't cut correct. Like oh, yeah. it's like not like proportional. And it's weird. not a perfect circle. Like the crust will you'll be going around. Like say you're looking around the pizza, the crust will just go down in it's one crazy. slice and then up for another slice. Oh yeah, yeah. Look at that. isn't that insane? Everyone Everybody look, look up Chuck E. Cheese um, pizzas right now. Like look, like the pepperoni isn't reciprocated on the other side. Okay, isn't that crazy? Nasty, right? I mean, no, and they say that they just sprinkle cheese over it. And then they send it after they take the reused pizza slices, which I was never a Chuck E. Cheese kid, so really? I, went, I went there a couple times. I'm not too offended by this. Yeah, my, my dignity as a man is held. As a little little kid, I'd go there. We'd go there for like birthday parties, like yeah, little so. little. I think I've been there like once for a birthday party, but I I would never go with like just my family. Yeah, I had Our, an Incredibles themed birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. Really? Oh, that's so cool. I would I would have loved to have. That. Okay. All right, so a conspiracy theory defined by Google is a theory that explains an event or set of circumstances as the result of a secret plot by usually powerful conspirators. Um, um, Here's a recent theory, um, which is crazy. 25% of Americans believe there's some truth to the claim that coronavirus was planned and released purposefully. New York Times takes even a greater liberty and says one in three of Americans believe that. That is insane to me. It's a crazy stat. It's a really I have, crazy statistic. I'm not saying they're crazy for thinking that. I'm saying I the just, stat is crazy. Yeah, the stat's crazy. I've thought about that too, and I'm kind of on the edge. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, um, what I'm thinking is, right, 
China, right? And China's like, you know, man, I'm hoping the, the CCP never get a hold of this podcast because yeah. <laughs> the three of us are on the blacklist immediately. So China may like, cause you know, when you get a COVID test, you got mm-hmm. to get like the nasal swab, right? Yeah. And it, it just, it basically gets your DNA a little bit. Yeah. So I, I, I think there's a theory out there that China is, you know, find, like made COVID mm-hmm. so that they could get everybody's DNA, especially oh. in their own country, but like yeah. oh, around the world. Cause around the world like, too. Yeah. Oh, fascinating. So, I mean, I had COVID two weeks ago and I'm not going to lie. It was a very weird virus. Like it felt like no other sickness I've ever had. If you told me it was man-made, I would not be surprised because of how just different it felt. I'm not saying. Elaborate I, on that. I'm not saying I think it's man-made. I'm just saying like I wouldn't be surprised at all. Talk about that a little bit more. So my stuffy nose was like just – it just wasn't like anything I've ever had. It felt like there was like just a block in this re- – in my nasal region. Like I just couldn't breathe at all. I just felt like – I don't know. It just felt different. I don't know how to describe it, but it just – it felt weird. So if you why told me – Why did it feel man-made? I'm not did saying it – it unnatural? It felt almost a little unnatural, but I'm not I'm not saying it was man-made. I'm just saying yeah. that if you did tell me that, then I wouldn't be surprised because right. it just felt it felt different. Mm-hmm. And so I mean it being man-made would be like a reason for that difference, but I'm not saying that is the difference. I'm just saying if you said that, I wouldn't be surprised. Cool. There's one there's three people here. Uh, so I think I'm the one in three. You might be the one in three. <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't believe No, I don't believe it was man-made. Like there's I don't haven't seen any evidence for it. But I'm just saying Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I wouldn't, my ground, my world wouldn't be like broken if I found it out. I think like, especially in times like this, where so much has gone like so wrong for so many people, it's easier to like, I don't know, I don't even, I don't want to paint like a group with this broad of a brush, but it's easier to like blame things on like a theory or like some like deep conspiracy against you or Mm -hmm. against like your group of people rather than be like, Maybe I could have just behaved differently. Like I don't know. Like I would disagree I, with that. I feel like I don't believe it. I don't, like this. I think it's just like kind of stupid. What's kind of stupid? Like the theory and like that it's man-made. I think most conspiracy theories are just like why? Well, we gotta be open to them. I know that's yeah. what I'm trying to do, but like not like my grandfather died from COVID, and I don't think it's because like there's a theory out there that is like trying to. Control. Well, I feel like even if it was man-made, like I don't know, it wouldn't be less impactful. You know, it'd still be terrible. Well, I mean, it'd be more terrible. Of course, it'd be more terrible. It'd be more terrible if it it was man-made. So yeah. So then, why are you saying people come up with these theories to be more comfortable? If that was be more terrible to be more comfortable, like about themselves. I feel like it's just, just so many conspiracy theories are just so far out of left field, and like I just. I feel like they just have no basis in reality. True. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd agree with that. That's why it's so hard to like at first like be like, okay, I'll consider this. Like if someone comes up to me with a conspiracy theory, I feel like my immediate in- instinct is like, what are you talking about? Like this is insane. Wait, so is there actually any proof of coronavirus being man-made? They have like witnesses, like that one doctor that was on Fox News that was like, you know, I worked in the lab. Yeah. on it but how do you back something like that up you know so there'd have to be actual documented evidence there's like a team from like the un i think that is in china right now trying to 
figure that out. Yeah, you know what I heard though is that like China didn't allow them to yeah. investigate it. So that is a little suspicious. I think that's for several reasons. Yeah, but that's just yeah. China. It's yeah. China. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But um, I'm open to the idea if it is. I'm not. I'm, I don't think there's any evidence for it right now, but. Um, See, the thing is with the conspiracy theories, like, there's never going to be conclusive proof yeah. for or against it because it's far out of left field. So it's going to be like one of those things where somebody's going to say it and you could say, oh, yeah, but there's this proof for it and it's like circumstantial. And then there's other people who say, well, I saw something completely different. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a general consensus of conspiracy theories. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I would agree that um, a lot of times they like just don't have conclusive, um, like like a lot of the stories don't align. There's not conclusive evidence or anything like that. But I, I wouldn't say that it's impossible. Like, I here, let's raise this question: Is there any conspiracy theory that you could see yourself believing that you would say you believe right now? Yeah, the one the one that I was thinking of before was aliens and aliens contact with. Us. Um, there was recently I watched like a Joe Rogan Experience podcast where he brought like this guy on named Bob Lazar. Yeah. Who, who I've heard a lot about Bob Lazar. Yeah. Who took like, who just told his story back in from the nineteen eighties about him working on reverse engineering what he believed to be a spacecraft, like an alien spacecraft. Mm-hmm. And like there was evidence for it because he like brought five friends and they saw the same like alien thing. So, I would see myself believing that one. Believing that one. Okay, that one's really cool. That That's fascinating. I, I mean, maybe I, I can see that too. Like a lot of um, Area 51 stuff, I guess. Like there's been yeah. videos about like fighter jets encountering UFOs. The one with the Navy years. recently. Exactly. Tic-tac, Where, the yeah. Tic Tac one. Yeah, the Tic Tac one. Yeah, that's exactly. fascinating. They said the Tic Tac one. I was like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> but, no, no, no. Um, but I think the conspiracy theories that I'm more likely to believe are ones that are just like way lower stakes. Yeah, mine's lower stakes. The one I believe is lower stakes. Because I think like just some things like, especially with the internet, like nowadays, like I think you can't get away with as much as you used to be able to. Yeah. And like... Wait, I feel like it's the opposite. Elaborate. Because you can like fake anything. Like you can... Deep fakes. Yeah, that's true. I think... Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's opened different possibilities, but like before like you could look up every like bill Congress has ever passed or look at like the Department of Defense's budget and like every penny they spend, mm-hmm. like that all used to be like private information. And like who knew True. like who knew what was happening? True. Yeah. I think like with technology motives have changed. Like people have more like selfish motives. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like it's become so much easier to become richer. Um, I don't know, I feel like I don't think because technology allows mm-hmm. you to be anonymous, like from anywhere you could like I don't think technology out. allows you to be anonymous at all. I think it does. Um, like you, anybody can say anything and you don't know the credibility behind it you could mm-hmm. like it's so easy to fake stuff yeah so I don't I would disagree that. that's getting better these days too yeah. like yeah. I'll see deep fakes even today and I'm like oh my god that's not real um, so Jake would you say then that the one you would agree is is the one one conspiracy theory that you would agree with is not the alien one it's just anyone that's probably lower is there one that like stands out specifically or just lower mm-hmm. stakes one I mean, I, I'm not, like, super widely versed with conspiracy theories. Like, there's ones that, like, Disney, like, pumps out, um, like, chemicals that make, like, sense mm-hmm. to, like, draw you to certain, like, food attractions oh. or, like, make you feel happier. 
and like people like it has been like apparently proven to like make you spend more money oh wow um like through their like event system like that like that's like such such a low stakes thing that i could see happening mm-hmm. why um, is it a low stakes thing because i don't think it's like that i feel like it's not it's not like five hundred thousand people dying because of like some I mean, if there's a cent that can make you spend more money i feel like that's pretty high stakes i say it's high stakes but i don't know i think as... it's not as high stakes as most conspiracy theories i think that's like as low stakes as like conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. it's not as high stakes as like oh my god there's aliens here like extraterrestrial yeah, life but um mine i think is probably the lowest stakes i mean it's still kind of big but what i like probably would... wait I think it's important to recognize these are all like i guess they all could be high stakes but i think they have different degrees yeah. of importance yeah. yeah absolutely yeah um so the one i believe like 100 percent is just that like and i i think you guys will probably think the same way but like lee harvey oswald just did not act alone in any way in the killing of jfk i haven't taken the same words class so I don't know. what are your thoughts on that girl I don't know. I feel like did did the FBI like the FBI like released some documents like two years ago or three years mm-hmm. ago saying that they thought it was somebody else. So I don't know if that's a conspiracy theory anymore. Um, I remember he, those documents coming out. I haven't looked into them, so I don't know. But I feel like the official statement like is still that he okay. acted alone. I think it was the CIA, and so it's like kind of like with the mafia. So it's like this kind of government wide thing but it's on a smaller scale than a lot of other theories but that's just what i i believe that's the conspiracy theory i believe yeah i i definitely believe that one too um i think it's more lyndon b johnson but i've heard the lbj thing the only thing with the lbj is like why would he kill him like i understand that like lbj wanted the um he lost the nominate he didn't get the nomination because of jfk like it was almost a he had a political revenge motive yeah but why does that cause you to like kill him you know what i mean it seems too ridiculous to me that he's like oh you know what i lost the nomination and like i've been seeking this presidency my whole life i'm going to kill jfk you know yeah but there's like a lot of other things about that because like there was like a photo of him ducking like 20 seconds before the first shot was fired really yeah i didn't know that and then there was like the wink on the plane oh i did not know like when he was being sworn in he he winked which was like crazy to me, and I was like, "He, he did it." <laughs> is that purposeful, though? What the I wink? Feel, the wink. Oh, yeah, so, I feel like sometimes there's people can just twitch and they wink. I know he like winked at somebody. Oh no! Okay. <laughs> oh my! That's crazy. So, I know. I, I are you are you getting this from like? For, yeah, I took a class here. Um, we have a, a class called Cold War Seminar, where um, our teacher like he kind of gives us some information. We talk about the JFK assassination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have that's how I learned all of this. I, don't, I, I haven't taken that course. So I'm yeah. totally unversed. I don't know. I think it's, I don't know who it was. I mean, I think it's the CIA, but I can't say that for sure. What I do believe for sure is that he didn't act alone because it's just far too suspicious, like the what happened. You know what I mean? Like the notes, the interrogation with Oswald disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, the FBI didn't do anything about him, although um, I believe the White House told them about him before the president came the route the route of kennedy slowed down uh it was like an illegal turn which made the motorcade go to a certain speed which was way too slow um and then just the fact that oswald was killed three days later like something's going on so that's a conspiracy theory i definitely believe but anyways to get a little bit more into the crazy stuff um well, not crazy stuff. I don't want to call the people who believe this crazy, but um, I was thinking we could kind of explore the flat Earth theory. That kind mm-hmm. of um, I believe. Actually, like, like watched a lot of videos about it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't subscribe to it in any capacity, but I think 
the fact that like it's just so human centered like the whole idea of it is like humans are, are, are innately special like um I, I think like the the round earth as we know it it makes people so insignificant yeah like it makes human life and evolution so insignificant in comparison to the rest of the, the universe the one thing i appreciate about the flat earth theory is it makes humans like special mm-hmm. and gives us purpose i think i'm glad you brought that up because actually i wrote that down like that is like the the one of the most the biggest reasons people actually believe the theory is because for some reason they feel not comfortable like being a monkey on a round ball but to me that's the same as being yeah. on a flying disc yeah i don't know i don't know how it makes you innately special yeah like, i think it's the same well, just the world is a little bit flatter yeah exactly some people like uh, it's, it's connected to christianity yeah, so uh, it's oh, rooted yeah. greatly in the Bible. Like yeah. Genesis describes a flat Earth with a yeah. with an ice wall around it. And so, yeah, exactly. so like people said, like that is it is God's creation. Like it, it relates directly to like the, the concept of human dignity and human importance, and like an anthropocentric um, view of ourselves and our and our existence on this Earth. So I think mm-hmm. that's the one thing that I appreciate from it. I think it, like makes. Uh, I guess me. I feel like if it were to be true, it would give me a way different purpose on this earth. Yeah, I don't know. I think it'd be the same for me. Same. I'd just be like, wow, that's. If it was true, I'd be like, wow, this is weird. Why is Mars observed to be round and we're a disc? Yeah, that's what it's like. Because the flat Earth, I don't know. I don't know, hundred percent. But they believe that everything else, like Mars, everything else is round. Mm-hmm. But we're the only flat. Earth, yeah, that's weird. That, that confuses like, me. I I, I I didn't find, unfortunately, anything that, like, people challenge that. And they're like, oh, yeah. well, this is the reason. But I think it is because, like, you know, we're humans and, like, God created us. Um, I know they believe that our – oh, this is it. Okay, I remember. They believe that the flat earth was manufactured by a being, like, greater and bigger and better than us. Like, whether that be a god or, or not. So I guess it's, like, in a way – unnatural but i'd assume that same being they're talking about created mars so yeah like i, I don't understand why there'd be a difference you know? yeah i don't understand either why he that being would be like let's make a round one and then let's make a disc for this <laughs> yeah, but like everything else is round yeah exactly yeah i have no idea what i mean but like that's another thing like since there's no like official like flat earth yeah. organization we can't like look at their constitution and see like yeah like what they like what, what they believe like it's just a theory you know? yeah and so there's gonna be like different adaptations of it yeah exactly um here's a crazy stat two percent of people on earth believe this that's not that's not crazy to me i think that's crazy that's millions of people i'm more concerned about a third of the population believing that covid was man-made i think that's a third that say it's probably true so the stat that I had, the 25% was that 5% believe it's definitely true and 20% believe it's probably true. I think I The think New York Times just said one in three believes this, but I think they meant like one in three check off, yeah, like it's yeah, probably yeah. true. Yeah, so it's how many people? Like 10 million people, would you say? 2%? 2% of the earth? No. Yeah, that's not close. It's like... Because it's 7 billion. 7 billion. 2% of 7 billion. I don't know. I feel like that's... I would say it was less, like around 10 million maybe. I think it might be at at least 100 million. Is it at least 100 million? It's got to be. It's 140 million. 140 million. Okay, that that surprised me. Like, like, that surprised me. That's a third of the United States population. Like, what do you think think these people are? I think they're they're largely murdered in the United States. No, I I, I think they're probably in, um, I don't know, maybe underdeveloped countries, I'd assume. I don't know, honestly. 
I feel like I'm doubting that stat now because like I think it's from Nat Geo, but it could be because like how do you know like what people in Indonesia believe about the flat Earth? You know. True. Yeah. Well, you know what? There's probably a pretty big margin of error. Yeah. On that. Yeah. Because 140 million people. Like, that I feel like it's huge. a. I feel like it's a known thing that you know, the Earth is round. I, or, sorry. Well, uh, I see a new stat from Forbes saying only two thirds of American millennials believe the Earth is round. No. There's no. no way that's true. That's just... Okay, so something we're learning is that some of these stats are a little. 34% see? of adults aged 18 to 24 believe that the Earth is flat. I think it's key to. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe it at all. I think it's key that each of these stats I've gotten, they just don't tell me a margin of error so that is yeah. definitely suspicious um okay so i kind of did some research to watch videos for actual evidence of this like i needed to be like people like there has to be evidence in order for people to be die hard this so i wanted to find it and i searched forever and i didn't find any evidence i only found like refutes of evidence yeah. for like you know the boat. I don't think there's going to be evidence. I think it's an idea to make people feel important, and that's about it. Yeah, I'm be honest. But the only evidence I found were refutes of evidence for the Earth is round. What is the thing about gravity that they believe? It's like weird. Like they don't believe that gravity exists. I think they believe that just like things fall down everywhere, so then we must be flat. You know what I mean? Because yeah, we because I thought that flat. was evidence for for the flat Earth was that gravity was not real or something so that yeah like we can't be round yeah it's it's something like that it's that like gravity doesn't make any sense like as a round ball like yeah. it, we have to be flat in order for things to drop yeah, something like that or something but anyways i found no evidence and the only thing i found as i was saying was refutes of evidence so like the and boat you never prove something by disproving like and that's an argument i believe that like, exactly absolutely i agree but so there was a boat over the horizon theory you know how you see the top of the boat first yeah they say it's something with heat, something okay. like that, to explain it. They're like, oh, well, it's heat that makes you, like, an, it's an optical illusion or something yeah. like that. But they never kind of went in depth for that. Anyways, the one evidence I found is from Marilyn Teat, who is a flat earther, and she's, her evidence is you look at the horizon, it's flat. <laughs> <laughs> that was her one evidence. Wait, what's her name, Marilyn? Marilyn Teat. We yeah. should have her on. We should have her on, because I would love to hear the perspective. Um, I mean, I don't want to brand them as that, but I feel like that's a very naive, like, I feel like all their evidence is very naive in the, its thinking, like, oh, because I see it's flat, it has to be flat. I think yeah. you're using the word naive because you don't want to say something else. What, what word? Stupid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because the, yeah. like, the, yeah. the horizon is flat. What, like, that's just how you, like, yeah, I was trying to be cute, but, yeah. like, yeah, I, I I would stupid in a nicer way. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, why don't we just take a moment in a more to open-minded way <laughs> to challenge our beliefs right now? Okay. Just think a little bit. Like, what if the Earth was flat? Okay, that was quick. Um, <laughs> I don't believe it. I and I think it's just okay. Even if even if it's for a second that you challenge your beliefs, like just just be open to challenging them. I know that this is totally out of the reign of. Do you think, do you think there's a, a range of things to challenge your belief on? Or do you think you should just like unilaterally challenge your belief? I think you should be able to challenge them all the time, even if it's for like literally. Like, like we just did it for multiple Like we just did here. Yeah. As long as it's important to think about for a second, like, wait, what if the earth is flat? And then you're like, oh, nope, there's multiple things throughout 2000, for the past 2000 years that have proven against that. But 
Well, one of the things my dad says all the time is like, how do you know that I'm your dad? You know, because like True. the only the only proof that you have is I told you I'm your dad or like because like, there's no real proof that I'm he's my dad or my mom's my mom. It's just yeah. like they told us that. Right. That's a good so point. I think, again, that's like refuting evidence instead of like having your own argument. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. That's the only reason I would like. Is there a conspiracy that everybody says the earth is round? So mm-hmm. now you have to believe it. And then yeah. people are like, OK, well, it's not. Yeah, true. That gets to my thing, though, that like, all right, let's say, let's just go with it. Let's say the earth is flat. Mm -hmm. Why would um, this be, or not, how would we be able to have a globe-wide conspiracy where every scientist in the world is in on this and is lying to us? How is that organized? What's climate change. Yeah, my point. Like 99% of like, like, medical professionals believe in climate change yeah exactly but like and that's still like there's still a huge percentage of americans that don't believe in climate change i guess people i don't know not just necessarily americans yeah but like nasa they believe their whole purpose is to keep the flat earth under wraps they believe that's their whole purpose that whole government department so my question is what's the point of keeping it a secret how does that why would the government go through all this trouble of having, I fundamentally believe one of the most difficult things is unifying people under common goal. So how could the government unify millions of people and it, it, under a goal to lie to everyone that the earth is round? I mean, how is there, that possible? Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of this theories that can happen because of that. Because like, government doesn't want people to be Catholic or Christian, so they just say the world is round, so you don't believe the Bible. Or it could be like the government knows something that's bigger than what we know, mm-hmm. so they just say it's round. Yeah, I'm just saying though, like how can so many people be in on it and like like unilaterally in on it and there's been no like leakage? Yeah, that's, that's it. It's it's just not possible. People don't you know or I, I think it is possible, but it's literally I think one of the most difficult things is to unite people like that. Mm-hmm. I think like that that's an interesting like idea that it's it's made to counter religion is that what you're saying yeah i mean that's what like, i think people who believe in that would say okay gotcha because yeah. i mean historically look at the influence religion has had on government yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously like, what to obviously true coups, revolutions broke, failed states um history of the church like you talk about like religious wars stuff yeah, like that. Like, yeah i mean i may like maybe so how do you but i don't know how, how that's possible to unite that yeah broadband of like a, a group on something i want to raise just kind of like a final question like how do you feel do you think stuff like this is dangerous kind of the i feel like we've kind of lost a sense of objective truth in our world i don't know if it has ever been a thing but do you think it's kind of dangerous think, um no i think now you, now you have me doubting the existence of objective truth in society like you think maybe, it never existed maybe not maybe like the um i guess like maybe that's another influence of technology like the idea to share like alternative truths, mm-hmm. which is such a good crazy con. Like, yeah. just think about that word, yeah. that, yeah. that phrase. Alternative it's par- truths. It's uh, what's it's that paradoxical. called? Yeah, it's paradoxical. Yeah. Um, like the ability to to say that, um, like, and to share those ideas to to people around you, and really create an echo chamber. Yeah. Um, of ideas yeah. and kind of just like forcing like the same sentiments upon the same group until it becomes truth, and yeah. you have two truths. 
Yeah, nothing's concrete these days, I feel like. Like I especially, I mean, in the nutrition field, but I will find like an article that says bananas are the healthiest thing. And I will find mm -hmm. an article that says if you have a banana every day, like you will literally have cancer in 50 years. And then we talked about deep fakes earlier mm -hmm. and you can fake anything. You know what I mean? And now we have this kind of these conspiracy theories, which are challenging everything we've ever believed. So has this always been a thing? Is there any way to combat this? Like, what do you I mean, I feel like there's always been a thing because there's always been people who believe something different than what's generally believed. I don't know. I go back and forth on whether it's dangerous or not because I think it's important to have a constant, like, challenged truth because if, like... Well, that's science, right? It might, science be, even, is... it might be even more dangerous to have purely objective truth. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like it's it's good to have people who disagree and who have, like, an opinion that's other than what everybody else has just because it can check your own opinion. Um, but... It does become dangerous, I feel like, you know? I totally, you know what, you just swayed me. At first I was totally thinking like the, this idea of not having an objective truth is like totally like super dangerous because like, you know, we're rejecting the very facts of our world. But you're kind of swaying me that like it's important to challenge those always. You yeah. know what I mean? There's no such, maybe there's no such thing as just truth. You know, we're discovering it. And in order to discover it that involves challenging it every yeah. time so yeah i think i go back and forth because i feel like they become so convincing that like and they, they're not rooted in any actual evidence yeah that they become dangerous i think it becomes dangerous when you think you're so right when yeah. you aren't open to challenging it yeah. like we should all be open to challenging but then it so it gets to the point for some people where they're not open to it at all yeah and then it becomes dangerous and you say no matter what i know this is a fact exactly and that's where you know they, we kind of get into a gray area yeah i agree so yeah all right awesome Wheel spot? Oh. Yeah, well, no wheel spot, my topic. Oh, yeah. um, which is collegiate admissions and kind of our college experience. Um, so what I want to do is we'll talk about it relatively briefly today. Um, and then I want to pick up with this, the first uh, episode after March 1st, when most colleges have May their... 1st. Oh, May 1st, sorry. Uh, when most colleges have their enrollment deadlines by Yeah. Uh, for deposits. So... Like personally for me, I'm the oldest in my family. Um, I'm sure it's been really different for you, Cole, because I mean you've had three people go through this before you, um, and you're the second oldest. I'm the youngest. I have one brother. So. You have one brother. Okay, so your brother's been through this whole process already. Okay. Um, so for me, it was absolutely out of left field. Um, this like like I understood the testing and grades part of it, but then like the essays how to tackle the essays differently, how to answer like parts of the common app differently, the whole common app in general of like including every information about your family for the past like 50 years, your grandparents, relatives, everybody who's ever gone to these universities and so much like so many different things about yourself. Like it is such a culmination of your entire identity that is judged by like six people around a table, um, which is, it is which is just so, so interesting. Um, so like that's what's made these acceptances, deferrals, waitlists, and denies so much more like important to me in a sense. Um, because like I feel like it's like, here's everything that I've ever done in my entire life. Here's my entire family's financial information for the past like 10 years. Yeah. Here's everything that like 
my, my origin. Yeah. Everything that makes me who I am. Tell me if you like it or not. <laughs> like, yeah. it's honestly, or, or tell me if you want to wait to tell me if you're like it or not. Like, like that yeah. type of stuff. It's and, almost like um, the little, like the mini version of judgment, like the religion version of judgment. Oh, like the like, final judgment. Yeah, the okay. final judgment and God being like, okay, hell. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it's denied. It's crazy because heaven. I mean... People exactly. will argue that it's that that it's not true that your like college like decides the rest of your life, but like your college experience decides the rest of your life, right? Like how you orient your studies um, and stuff like that. So I, I I do think it is just so monumental. Um, it feels personal, you know, like when you get a yeah oh it's, denial, yeah it's one hundred percent personal. It it's like here's so here's everything personal. that I've ever done in my entire mm-hmm. life. Shoot me down or like exactly. make me the most like make me the happiest person in the world. Yeah, yeah true. And it's like it's and not, wait lists are even worse. It's like no wait till you tell me. Like yeah, I got yeah. two wait lists this yeah. week. I got two wait lists overall. Yeah, but I, gotten, I think it's key to remember that like I don't know, college isn't your life. You know what I mean? Like although it may determine. Yeah, but things, it feels like a judgment of your life. Like that, that's what, that's the striking part about it. It does, but I'm, I, um, I mean like in the sense that like if you don't go where you wasn't your number one you know what i mean it's not the end of the world you know like you're still in control of your life you're still in control exactly you have to make the best of yeah. what you have and not let other people decide your future for you mm-hmm. you know um so what i want to talk about a little bit is um admissions rates college prices average family income sat scoring um and especially through different uh financial brackets yeah um and then enrollment rates yeah, in collegiate admissions. Um, so before that, I want to let's talk about our story so far mm-hmm. um, about like basically how we've done. So we are fortunate um, here at Devon to have maybe like the greatest college counselor of absolutely all time. Um, yeah, I, we won't name drop just because I don't want to get I don't name drop without permission. Um, that was a, a glance from cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I just we'll we'll wait to get permission. Um, our college counselor is maybe one of the most heartbreaking people I've ever met in my entire life. One hundred percent. Like, yeah. Period. And yeah. it's it's constant. You know, I, she always says like um, he or she always <laughs> he or she always says like you know the um, the kind of relaxing break is coming up, but it never comes. You yeah. know, like oh, in in two weeks it'll be less work. No, it's always the same work for mm-hmm. her, like she or him. Wait, <laughs> 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 we can we'll, we'll say her. We'll yeah, say her. They're always um, just she or him are always doing so much work. It's very admirable. So yeah. But, um. So in total, I'm looking at my list right now. I applied to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve schools. Twelve. Okay. Twelve schools. Um, so far, I have been um, accepted to eight, uh, denied from one, waitlisted from one, um, and then two apps I have not heard back from so far. Oh, okay. So it's been a rel- like this year has been really crazy for people. Uh-huh. I have had a relatively fortunate experience. Yeah. With college admissions, um, my deny has been from Columbia. My waitlist is from Georgetown, um, and then uh, like some exceptions from a bunch of DC schools and stuff with some pretty good money. Um, and, and things like that. So I think like it, it is just so crazy how like I, I look at this and it, it's just like names, money, and school like and like honors programs. But like that that's a culmination of like like a hundred fifty hours of like nonstop like like educational labor. Yeah, and like writing like papers and stuff like that. And it's just so crazy that that this has existed 
for like the last four years of my high school career and I didn't discover it until now. Until like not even less than a year ago. Yeah. And then it just became... It became your life. Yeah, it yeah. became everything you did. It's like, okay, I... Like you plan your whole week around college. Okay, like today I'm going to get this essay down. Today I'm going to fill out this part of the comment, this and that. Um, it's just a lot. Like and I, I remember finishing it from in December. Yeah, when we got back from Christmas break. I worked so hard over that those past three months that when we came back I was like okay I'm done like <laughs> I just worked super hard like yeah. there's nothing no college stuff left to do like why am I in school mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah I just want to say one thing I'm going to talk about like finish my story and then I'll let you guys just take over just to give an idea and then we'll update after enrollment uh, are due um, so I uh, am most likely going to attend the University of Pittsburgh I received the STEM scholarship there um, which is a full ride, which is really exciting. Um, I was waitlisted from my, like when I started this whole experience, my number one was Georgetown. Uh, I was actually waitlisted three days ago, which isn't like the best of news, but I think uh, I'm still pretty from Pittsburgh because Georgetown is a ridiculous amount of money. Um, and I'm still waiting to hear back from Princeton, but like Princeton, they accept like robots only. So I don't think yeah. that'll happen. Yeah. I, um, I applied to seven schools. And with film school, uh, what I kind of learned is it's very, like, it's, like, just hard to get into, like, any of the big names. So um, I got into two. I got waitlisted from two, and I got denied from two. And so it's twos all over. Who are you waiting from? And so USC, I hear back in two days, but, you know, it's USC. That's, like, so, the most selective out of all of them, right? Yeah, 2% acceptance rate. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But um, I'll probably commit to SCAD, which is one of the ones I got into. So, Yeah, uh, I applied to, let me see here, 11 schools. I have been denied from four and accepted into three. And I'm waiting for, and I've been waitlisted by two, and I'm waiting for two. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, it hasn't been the best. I mean, I applied to, like, very selective schools, I would say. Um, and especially this year, it's been different. Like, I don't want to say harder, but it's been different because test optional and there's a lot of different things that they're looking for, mm-hmm. which you don't necessarily know. And there's obviously people who took gap years, who did other stuff. And surge of applicants and their acceptance prices are going down even more. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, there's a multitude of different reasons, but um, yeah, I think this year was a lot different than previous years. Mm-hmm. And personally, it was very difficult to get over those. Like, I remember when I got my first deny from UPenn, I applied like early decision there, and it's like a binding agreement. Mm-hmm. So if you get in, like, you're going there. And I remember when I opened the application and like it said denied, I was like dead. Like, yeah. it was. Like a, a overwhelming sense of devast like being devastated. Yeah. Because like you just feel like you've done so much and there's just yeah. no merit to it. You know? Yeah, and there's always this blind optimism that you have yeah. for no reason. Like I USC, like I mean, I'll be here back in two days, and I know logically, like I'm not going to get in. But mm-hmm. for some reason, there's this little thing that's always in you that's like, but what if? You yeah. know what I mean? Which just kind of and you like don't want to think about it because that'll like change like yeah exactly change your mood and then just lead some more disappointment. Like uh, I was, I really, really thought I was going to get into a the Columbia program that I applied to, and mm-hmm. it just didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and like it was devastating, but like I, I'm actually I'm like so happy the way, like I applied to the twelve schools. I'm looking at one deny so far, which is yeah. like. 
great and it just makes me like like yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad that it happened because like I, it would have been out of like it would have been outside of the u.s mm-hmm. um and like with COVID, i don't really know how that would have played out and stuff like that um but i do think everything happens for a reason in college admissions um and i'm excited to see where that goes how do you feel about the how do you well we've all been waitlisted by schools how do you guys feel about those um i hate it okay well, it's like what because you think if you have to pay a deposit before you even hear back yeah i mean it's terrible but like i understand why mm-hmm. i have to do it mm-hmm. but i hate it as well you know? yeah it's one of those things where like they know probably like the guess thing that, uh, that irks me every single time i think about it like they know like right now the two schools that i'm waiting for they already know yeah, and like they just don't tell you until they're ready, which is crazy. Oh, you're talking about like pending applications, pending applications or waitlisting. Because okay. like I'm pretty like well, uh, waitlist. I think this year waitlists are so different though, because they have no idea what their retention rates are going to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard I heard uh, waitlists are going to be super long this year. Yeah, like you're going to be waiting until throughout the summer to like I see what happens. Georgetown's final uh, waitlist date is May 14th. Oh wow, mine is June 15th. I don't remember my dates. I thought they were. They give in... it. They give a great date because like they're yeah. they're like on there. They both times they uh, release decisions though. Yeah. For I applied early action was deferred uh, and then waitlisted. So I have been waiting on this application <laughs> since uh, October twenty eighth. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's crazy. But they but like they just randomly like they released it like three days early. It was like didn't say anything about yeah, it. Yeah, that's what NYU is doing. I don't know if you know. They're releasing on the thirty first. Thirty first, and it was supposed to be April first, but it's like mm-hmm. they're doing. They're re- releasing wait lists on the thirty first. No, no, no. Um, regular decision. A uh, regular decision on April thirty first. Mm-hmm. No, 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 March thirty first. Oh, March thirty first. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. 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 Yeah. Um, which is like, I, I, I love getting like I love getting them like mid March. It's just like so much nicer. Uh, then waiting until April, um, but. First, I want to talk about um, the percent of students that attend college. Mm-hmm. So we go to a college prep school, so we're looking at 100%. Um, 100% get in. Yes. Not 100% go. Yeah. I think last year was 100% went. No, a uh, couple of two kids took yeah, a gap year. Oh, okay, you're right. Um, but it's still so, 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 so much higher than the national average. Yeah. Um, the national average... Of college enrollment rates uh, in 2000 was 63 percent. Yeah. Um, in 2018, it increased to 69 percent, um, and that is like compared to like what our parents grew up in, a crazily high number. Yeah. Um, like college is becoming almost a professional necessity to have a degree. Unfortunately, like, especially a master's degree. It's not even like undergraduate. Yeah, like, you need a graduate degree to even be like a good person in the job market. You know. Yeah, I, I think it really just depends on the job market. I feel like yeah, that's a little too like law broad, actually. or med medicine. Well, yeah, obviously law and med you need. Yeah, but you like need a law degree like, and a medical degree. Even but like, like business, just, even biz, yeah, fine. You need an MBA. Yeah. Like you can't you can't it's work true. off of a, a bachelor's. But you say you need an MA or a MBA. MBA. That's um, two yeah. years. It's yeah. two years. Okay. Um, but it's just like crazy how the perception of, of the importance of college has changed That's for the past like 10 years. And it's kind of crazy how like much of a necessity it's like becoming to be, or at least the public believes it to be. Like, I don't know. I feel like we should very much promote like people doing what they want to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even if that means like entering the workforce, you know, right out of high school. I don't know. It just depends what some someone yeah. wants. I feel like it shouldn't be looked down upon 
as do like wouldn't we say it's kind of looked down upon if you don't go to college mm-hmm. especially like you know college prep school like if you don't go to college it's like why yeah, yeah. um and that leads me to the cost of college in the United states um the average total cost of public colleges in state is around twenty five thousand dollars a year out of state is forty thousand dollars a year oh my God. and private colleges is fifty one thousand dollars per year and that is tuition that is not including room and board fees stuff like that yeah that's crazy why crazy 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 and then you look at like those numbers um compared to the average earnings of white men in the united states fifty two thousand dollars uh white women is forty two thousand dollars um asian households have the highest medium income with eighty seven thousand dollars per year um and like it's just so crazy how the wealth disparity has changed the united states to kind of like take over the importance of college like yeah it's it's become impossible to prepare for college which leads to like a huge student loan debt crisis in the united states the two don't align the the income and the cost of college like it's Mm -hmm. just not like the cost of college is literally more expensive than than what most people make in one year exactly yeah yeah. but um mine what's crazy too is that like our parents went to school for like three thousand dollars my dad worked in the summer and paid his college tuition my mom did too that's not possible these days you work in the summer you don't you don't make eighty thousand dollars a summer (laughs) and that's one you're gonna get a job two years that's average two years um listen you work four years um and you're all throughout high school like if you're insanely lucky you make like 15 grand to like 20 grand that's like loads of money that you could make wait as a student a year in the summer i mean in the summer that's insane yeah i'm saying that's the highest and that's, yeah, that's not like even insane insane yeah and that's not even one year of yeah. at the average college so it's kind of like ridiculous now because why do we go to college right we go to college to continue our education and kind of enter the workforce and mm-hmm. at a more at, at a higher level almost yeah. or something like that and people are just entering the workforce 40 years in debt exactly 50 years in debt like the the student loan crisis in the states right now. Guess how much student loans or like the, the student loan debt in the United States are right this second. Give me a number, Paul. Um, four billion. Trillion. Four billion, bro. Uh, I I wish. I think it's like over a trillion, right? It's almost two trillion dollars. Yeah. Seriously. One trillion eight hundred fifty billion dollars. Oh my god. Like. That, that's 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 inconceivable this and is it's the, going up this is a live tracker it goes up like three thousand dollars every second oh my god this is the thing that education should not just be for the rich you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i feel like we're getting there more so than we used to be i can't imagine a world in the 80s when our parents went to college and i i pay three thousand dollars to go to school it's and crazy. we're saying this from college prep private school Think about like public school kids whose parents don't make as much money. How do they like? I don't even think they. That's not even an option anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that un- inconceivable. But, they have but to do something else. Enrollment rates are increasing. They're only going up. Yeah, like it, it's just so crazy. Like the the I was talking actually to your mom Cole this weekend mm-hmm. um, about this, and and we just were like we came to the conclusion like. It's gonna burst. This bubble's going to burst. The only question is when. Like mm-hmm. it, it, like this is not sustainable. What do you mean the bubble's gonna burst? The the people like the enrollment rates versus how much college is gonna cost. Yeah. Either people are just gonna not go to college, or college is gonna have to pay less. The government's gonna have to do something. 
or individual like just some something is going to happen this is not sustainable mm-hmm. like th- this is like it, it's crazy it's gotten this far already yeah. like I, I just want like something is going to happen and, and like i think that's I, I don't know i think i just think it's so crazy um who do you blame though you know i like because you can't really blame the colleges yeah exactly you can't blame the colleges because they're just charging what it costs to run their school yeah like, like they want exactly. their, they want their endowment to go up yeah they want like their alumni gift rates to go up mm-hmm. they want like the best and the brightest students so yeah. they have money when they get older to give as alumni they like I guess it, it. I guess like the work costs as much. Like look at what look at what colleges are providing people, like insane research opportunities, like travel across the world, um, the, so the best professors in the business, things like that. Like, but it, why? Like, why is it so expensive? Yeah. Like, is it is it that people aren't getting paid enough? Is it that the government's not subsidizing education enough? I don't know when to draw that line. Like, we're talking about externalities and micro right now, like. Mm-hmm. Is the positive externality being met to the degree it should be? I don't know. I feel like it's probably a multitude of all those different things. I would say it's more on the colleges, to be honest. I don't think they need $80,000. Some people, it's like $75,000 per student, and they have like 4,000 students or like 6,000 students, right? Well, I mean, look at the way financial aid applications work, right? There are students in the lowest bracket who are paying like obviously very little as they should be paying very little because they can't afford the education yeah and then there's people who who can write the checks like it's nothing and then there's the middle group right and i think that's a theme in american economic practice where there is this middle group that gets forgotten they, because they make too much to qualify for financial aid but they make too little to be able to write the check um and, and i've talked about this with our guidance counselor but like that, that's perpetually where these individuals who are, who are who are drowning in student debt live, and that student debt prevents them from changing where they live. Mm-hmm. Like this system benefits the rich. Like it, it keeps the middle class in the middle class, and it, it like largely can keep poor people who don't like who have to pay that much for education. In like it just keeps people in their place. You know I, mean? I don't know. I feel like. That's a mentality which I don't think we should like. It's it may be a reality, but it's true. It just it, I I just think it's fundamentally true. But I don't know. I feel like if you that doesn't mean you can't like go from the middle class to the upper class. Like you can't. Like I don't think that I think that I mean a obviously you can stay in your place. Like I don't think that's a good mentality to have. I mean, it obviously doesn't like it's it's not a a complete staple to that place, but it is a, it is a structural and and fundamental block in economic growth that I think people face and like saying like it's a mentality issue is so 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 wrong and it puts the plane puts the plane no, 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 they're, all, they're all just saying that like although that's probably true that it does kind of deepen the disparity and keep people where they're at he's saying like as an individual yeah. it's not necessarily the best mindset or like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's not the best mindset to have, but I think there's, I think we shouldn't as a society focus on changing the mindset, but focusing the way. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Education functions in this country. Yeah, because yeah. it's completely unfair that, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's a fact that you know, if you're in a, if the poorer you are, the harder you have to work. You know what I yeah. mean? And it just shouldn't be that way at all. 
-hmm. My issue just comes into the sense like, how do we fix it? You know, I can't. Mm -hmm. uh, do you put a cap, government cap on colleges? But I, I feel like you can't intervene in that sense, you know, like, I, I just don't know how we fix it. And that's why I, I think know. there will be a bubble burst socially, where as a society, we're going to either be like, okay, let's like not go. A move away from like, undergraduate degrees into into professional certifications maybe mm -hmm. into like focusing more on your art like if i want to become an engineer like why would i get a four-year degree where i'm taking like literature like and things like that and, and like i guess like history and stuff instead of getting into your work if you want to right. i mean and i think that 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 degree isn't valued in society i think maybe that's a change that can happen I actually disagree with both of what you said. Uh, I think, Cole, when you said that the government shouldn't intervene, I think they should. The college is not a business. Education is not a business. I mean, it's not private uh, business. Government intervenes all the time. Like, I know. There's but, public schools. Like, it's, I think it's natural. Yeah, I'm just saying to what extent. Yeah, but I Do think... Do they then intervene in um, graduate school? I'm not saying... I believe education is a right. I'm just saying, is it... Would the government actually intervening and putting a cap on what you can pay for tuition actually solve things? Well, they do for public schools, not for private schools. Yeah, but I think, mm -hmm. but, but that becomes, it's like, private schools aren't our businesses. That's what I mean. Private schools aren't supposed to be money-making machines that the government can't say, okay, well, you can't uh, charge on this. Well, it's, it's education. It's not... Uh, a business well, I agree. Sense. that I, I think agree. Could I think government should intervene. I agree that they're not supposed to be, but they are. That's the sad truth, and it's the same thing with healthcare. Like healthcare is supposed to be like focused on helping people, but it's about maximizing your profits. And unfortunately, that's what education is about as well, yeah. especially in higher education. I think the government really? should intervene there, though. Well, it's I, disagree, a business. I disagree with that. I don't think it's about maximizing profits. I think it's like when you're talking about these elite universities. Mm -hmm. I think it's about maximizing your brand as a school. Like I think these higher. Well, what does maximizing your brand get you? I mean, in, like the the baseline of what colleges value is their endowment rates, mm -hmm. and like the like the U.S. News More report, like their they, like that their placement on that list. Well, why do they want that? Because like it, it brings the brightest and the, and the best to their school. And why is that good? Because they like will have the the most profound alumni network in the world, the most powerful name. And then what does that give them in return? I know you're trying to get me to say money, but I disagree. I don't think that's... Well, it's, I, don't think I thought we were getting there, personally. Um, but <laughs> I, Like, I think there are different... Like, I know you wanted me to say money each time, but, like, there are alternative reasons. Yeah, but like, there's a reason why you have, like, having successful alumni but like, who, a good thing. Who, like, them. there's not a CEO that's sitting and collecting all the income. There's not, a, there's not like, a, a an investment bank. There's not, like, a stock for it. Like, they get their money in endowment and brand, not through tuition charges. Yeah, I see that. That's a good point. I didn't think of that. But I, I mean, in the end, they still are a business. I can't, I don't know how they aren't yeah. a business. And I just um, like, I just like, who, who, like, who's making the money, are you saying? Like, who, like, you're saying they're driven by money. Like, who is driven by money? I'm not saying they're driven by money, but I'm saying they are a business. Are businesses driven by money? I mean, most businesses, sure. But I mean, I wouldn't say they all are, you know what I mean? So what do you think, like, so why did you want me to just say money? Like, you're, like, orienting me to... 
Like you're saying they were, they were driven by the acquisition of money now. I thought that's what you're saying. Well, I mean, I guess a little bit. I don't know. I just feel like their goal is to maximize profits. It has become an economical thing for them. Why else would they be charging hundreds, tens of thousands of dollars? Why is their goal to maximize profits? To get rich. Who? Whoever's running the, the school. Like Who? The, does, I mean, I don't know the... Um, that's what I'm saying. I think the difference between a company and a school is... The fact that there isn't a board or a CEO to gain all that money. Well, it's not like there isn't a hierarchical structure in There is, but their like salaries are not dependent on the success of the school. I would that, say they that's are. not true. Like, like, you think the president that, of like Princeton has a set salary. Yeah, yeah but, but do if you he think does better, he's gonna get more money. Yeah, do you she, she sorry. is going to get Apologies. Like not that much more money. Like she does not make that much money. Wait, of course it's about oh, the God. success of the school. If you you're telling me that Delco Community College, the president of Delco Community College, makes the same as the president of Harvard, they don't make the same. But it's not enough. I don't think the incentive is enough to charge each student like twenty grand more for school. I see that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it's an issue. It's definitely an issue. I don't know who's to blame. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Hold on. I wish I was a policymaker. Hey, guys. So I'm going to... How much did she make? Back out of this conversation. I was totally wrong. She made $4.6 million last year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Come on. okay. Yeah. There we go. I yeah. thought they had like set set. Like, I thought they were no. just like like the chairwoman of a company. Like, I, that, that's crazy. That's and you can't. I, but my thing is too that like you can't blame them because like they're just. You can totally blame them. You can. I feel like yeah. you can. You have you to blame like them. Yeah. Like who? Like what I'm saying is with your analogy to healthcare, who are you mm-hmm. blaming for healthcare? That's you're true. You're blaming the private guys. That's who true. Getting the money. That's it's true. You know what? That's fair to say. I feel like there does have to be some type of like. Oh, like, sorry. I was talking about Penn. I was saying Princeton. I was talking about Penn. Oh, okay. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's the same. Yeah. But there's there's got to be some point where like human dignity and the value of human life like kind of that's what i was like should overrule your goal to maximize profits and since that's not being done that's why i feel like the government has the responsibility to intervene in private schools even mm-hmm. to put a cap on that per se you can't increase it above this range mm-hmm. i feel the government has to intervene because like i believe education is right and you believe that too cool but yeah I don't. My question is, I don't know if it's the government that should. I think maybe like we should. Like it's up to us as a society to say no. You know what I mean? We run this place, not the that's government. True, that's true. Okay, that was a good little tangent. There's, this is so much that just happened. In Let's the orient this a little bit more towards. I think another huge organization that's sublime is the college, the mother fucking college board. Oh, the Why? college board. They are yeah. a Satan oh. organization. Oh yeah. Of de- demons and oh, devils, they're the worst. So, in elite education, I'm going to ask you guys: What do you think a desired SAT score is? Above fifteen hundred. Sixteen hundred. You don't no, think no. you can get a single question wrong? No, no, no. No, I'm saying that's the uh, that's the desired well, one. Well, just you know what I mean. What's like like give me a range of like what like in in higher education? Give me a desired SAT score. Thirteen fifty and up. Like any higher institution, or like elite um, institutions, like schools with like a fifty percent acceptance rate or lower. Okay, then probably yeah, fourteen hundred to fourteen seventy. The average SAT for SAT score in twenty twenty for students 
was 1051. Yeah. Yeah, that's bull crap. Am I not the only, am I the only one blown away by that number? That is crazy town. That is. That is crazy town. And you look at the numbers by by wealth, wealthy people scoring an average or people who make over $150,000 per year scoring an average of a 1420. Mhm. That's crazy. Like like Oh my god. The more I think about this, this Tell me is, tell me that's not the craziest thing in the whole world. That is crazy. But the more I think about this, this goes to just a conversation we've had before is that like, you know, the problem isn't even just college. It's rooted in just how we systematically set up education. Families yeah. making uh in household total less than sixty thousand dollars for the average score is a nine twenty. Oh my goodness. These are these are institutional structural barriers to like to change your economic status it is and it, it, i think it comes from these private companies who determine your eligibility to attend higher education yeah it's terrible it's completely unfair i mean it's ridiculous it's a perpetual cycle of um it's like so hard to be open-minded about this <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe the, the college board is good <laughs> Trevor, Trevor Packer smiles in his that's videos why I, I mean that's why a little bit I've been trying to be like well like what do we blame the colleges like does yeah the I, I think it's even the colleges now that they're paying Amy Gutman at Penn 3.6 million dollars a year you blame her now f that lady she's a jerk yeah. she actually worked with hey she person. could be a good person she did I don't know. it's crazy yeah. But I hate her now. <laughs> I hate her so much. I sent you she, guys... she forfeited her salary last year, though. Oh, oh she did good. forfeit her salary last year. That's yeah, good. she had it. She had some left over from last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's busy making over what is that? What is that number? Um, if the average year salary is like fifty-five oh to ten to sixty, it was at sixty times the average year salary. She had some. That's crazy. She had like a little bit less. <laughs> yeah, Stan, Stan, Amy got that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I sent you guys an article about private schools. Yes. Yeah. I was blown away that, you know, there's some stats in there like like the elite institutions like Harvard and all these schools. They primarily like over two thirds of their class is private school people. Yeah. Which is crazy. That's like from systematically. Yeah. That's a problem because like public school kids or people who can't afford a private school education are automatically disadvantaged. They can't get to those elite institutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's totally and, and like, I mean, we like, attend private school and I've talked to people in public school about their college guidance. I think college guidance is a huge part of this. 100%. It guides your um, incentive. It guides your energy. It guides your morale. And our guidance counselor has, has been a champion of that the entire mm-hmm. time, I think. And your and, knowledge. If you don't even know, like, what... These schools exist. Yeah, or like, like our guys have like opened up. Like, oh, have you checked out this program? Yeah. Send me scholarship opportunities. Yeah, and it's like that. just it's unfair that we have that and just other like people such, don't. It should yes, be the same like, standard and like, everywhere. And like amazing encouragement and stuff like that. And like I was talking to my friend um, Tara, who we talked to in the last episode. Oh yeah. Um, about like her experience with with college guidance. Hi Tara, I know you listen to your listening. Um, and like it was just it was just zero of that engagement it was zero of that energy it was zero of that morale because like in public schools these people are probably paid $45,000 a year they're probably told that, that here are here are 300 children figure out where they're going and give them the tools to go there yeah. and it is impossible the yeah. standards are crazy we have like 56 kids in our grade here and our guidance counselor still worked every single day. So yeah. imagine 300 kids 
mm-hmm. impossible to even have an expectation of putting your 100% mm-hmm. for all these 300 kids. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like in public school, it's a lot more normalized to not attend um, a higher education. So like when teachers are like, what's really interesting, like at work, I've gotten the question like, are you going to college next year? And like, I'm like, yeah. Like, why didn't you ask me where? Like, it's just such a, a, a cultural difference, I think, in the way that we're educated. Like, we're, like here, I feel like you wouldn't even even start to ask somebody, are you going to college? You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe you should, but it's not natural, you know? Like, in the vast majority of cases, that question's, like, yeah. completely obsolete. Yeah, it's just completely unfair. Yeah. Well, this is a really optimistic talk. We'll pick it up after we decide where we're going to school. Um, but like, they, you I know, think it's key to guess what? Too, that we all participated in it. Yeah, we do. I did. I, I applied to. That's true. We do participate. All of them. Like, yeah. we, all we do participate it. in it, and it is. We do have to admit, like, with the money that colleges are able to get, they do an amazing job. Like, I, I, I mean, at educating. I don't, yeah, totally. No, I'm not I saying. Agree. I'm not saying that they are like commendable because obviously we just talked about how every college in the United States or most colleges any education system takes part in this including ourselves but I'm just saying with the money that they've been given they have been able to do extraordinary things but um, what, what extraordinary things are you talking about I mean look college campuses are literal like, cities let's, let's these talk about, days let's talk about Pitt a little bit um, the, yeah like gorgeous I thought gorgeous I really loved it like the second t- it has the second largest educational building uh, in the world, besides there's one in Moscow. Um, it, I mean, the cathedral, it was gorgeous. It was absolutely gorgeous. There's, like, the, the, the museums, the, the towers. Like, it, it was just a, a really, really cool campus. And, like, the fact that we have those expectations for all of our schools is crazy. Yeah, you know it, what I mean? it really is. It's just crazy. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll pull up, like, like, look at, like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, like, Vanderbilt's campus or, like, Richmond's campus. Like yeah. these are like, they're we're paying this much money, and we expect to go to like little cities designed for us. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. That it's extraordinary that like colleges have to like totally. become like cities. Like Villanova, in a way, has taken over the town. Like it's it, there's a new term now, like college towns. Like it's literally wrapped all around it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a good thing. though. I yeah, I, that's fair. Okay. Maybe that's why I don't think it's extraordinary. Because it's like, if you get enough money, that's expected. Mm-hmm. And number two, I don't think you should be doing it anyway. Yeah, true. Okay, so then maybe I shouldn't say they've been doing a good job. They've just been also, doing something. They've been doing like, a job. Yeah, they've been doing <laughs> yeah. a job. Also, I, I think co- like a lot of what my dad says is that college, Ivy League, or you go to like a place that's not an Ivy League, doesn't really matter. Because it, what matters is what you do with it. And if you go to an Ivy League institution and you do nothing there, and you go to like a lesser institution, not, I won't say lesser, but like a lesser esteemed universe, like university, and you do a lot with it, you're going to end up in a better place anyway. So I, I, I really, I don't, my dad doubts the validity of Ivy League institutions because they don't do a lot anyway. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like, uh, they could be doing so much more and uh-huh. in propagating education and in helping people be actually game changers, world changers. Yeah. Like you hear about one 
there's 4,000 kids at Penn. This is the great who do nothing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Like, if you're paying that much and you have all these facilities, 4,000 kids should be training the world. That's know? fair. That's a good, that's a really good point. Um, give me the number for Harvard University's endowment rate in 2019. Oh, or, in, not endowment rate, endowment. What's that? Ten billion dollars. Ten billion. Endowment is the amount of money they. It's like how much the school's like worth. Yeah, right? it's, like, it's like worth the the. They're like alumni network. Harvard. Harvard. I'm gonna guess fifteen billion. Forty-one billion dollars. Oh God. That's not this a real is, number. Guys, this is what I mean. There's never been forty-one billion of anything. This is what I mean by it's a market. You know what I mean? It's yeah. part of the economy, and mm-hmm. but you know we believe. Education's a right, so you know, <laughs> and like the scandal in it. Like, you remember, like the hearing the SAT the scandal? Yeah. yeah, there's so not much. only the SAT scandal, the, the just admission scandal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, everybody like LA, like USC, Georgetown had a really bad one. Yeah, um, I don't want to come crazy. off as bitter. By the way, I think like I guess we are coming off bitter. Like, I think if I was like immediately got into Georgetown, yeah. Like, well, there's merit. No, it's like yeah, that's, 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 yeah, that's, that's a good point to recognize. Maybe that's our little open-mindedness for the day. Yeah, I don't want to come off as better, but maybe I am because I think mm-hmm. it denied from four of these big institutions. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe I'm a little bitter. But I'm, yeah, I don't feel like there's that. a lot to unpack. There's so much yeah. in this conversation. So I'm excited to pick it up mm-hmm. in May. You want to bring it back up when we? Yeah, we can talk about it when we're um, enrolled. Yeah, exactly. like when we pay the deposits and stuff. All right, that's exciting. It is, and exciting. we will have heard back from all of our schools for such a waitlist by then. Yeah. Let's, uh, so you're waiting on USA. Yep. You're waiting on what two schools now? Michigan and Boston. Boston University or college? University. I'm waiting for NYU and Princeton. Mm-hmm. What? Oh wait, you're waiting on NYU too. Yeah, I'm waiting. Oh, waitlisted by Michigan and Boston. Oh and no, I was talking about what haven't you heard from Columbia and NYU? Columbia and NYU. Columbia is the six as well. Yeah. Seven p.m. When I hear back in person. Maybe we can do a little FaceTime and cry together. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, Thoughts on the Cast. Thoughts on the Cast. Thoughts on the Cast. Thoughts on the Cast. So, what did you guys think about uh, my kind of small topic about flying cars? And if you want to throw it in the Poop pocket. I think you want to talk about that. <laughs> we are we are keeping that so far. I don't even. Wait, isn't it, kind of, isn't it kind of funny we went from poop pocket to flying <laughs> cars to conspiracy theories to college admissions and the economy? Like, so funny. Great. I mean, I think that's a linear growth uh, of of academic <laughs> conversation. It's like yeah. we're growing up while you know, <laughs> doing the podcast. <laughs> Anyways, um, I, yours kind of made me very excited for the future and very hopeful, and it also humbled me a little bit with how advanced we are. Like, like we're not going to have the flying car in ten years, so it kind of humbled me in that. Um, but do you disagree? Do you think we're going to have twenty twenty three? I'm waiting for Aeromobile <laughs> to do it for commercial um, use. Okay. Listen, my anyways, my biggest takeaway is that like I'm just excited for what humankind has mm-hmm. has awesome. in the future has to offer in the future. Yeah, I, I I definitely felt that like excitement. I just like I wish all of our transportation technology just like they had a little they had a little thoughts on the cast themselves. They came together. They were like. <laughs> Guys, we can we can combine this situation. We can combine our efforts and like just make something better, hopefully greener, uh, because our, our transportation culture right now is not sustainable. Yeah. Um and something has to change. 
Yeah, uh, I definitely felt the excitement, and I was, I like, I mean, I'm not an engineer, right? I don't think that way, but it's so, 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 so cool to yeah. think about, like, a car that can fly. Insane. I, I love it. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, what do you guys think of my kind of conspiracy theory topic? I think I was just going to hit with the sentiment of, of doubt all. Like, because the only thing that can happen from doubt, I think, is either like reaffirming what you think or like coming away a more informed and, and open person. Um, I think, like, we didn't really talk about this a little too much, but this was kind of what I what I got from it is like that's like a really it's a great sentiment to have, um, and I think it works in the vast majority of cases. But I think like sometimes doubting everything internally can lead to almost like a, a deep sense of mistrust in all institutions that we've seen arise of in in, in recent times, um, which I think could be dangerous. Yeah. Um, but I think in like moderation it's healthy you know and maybe a really lack different. of identity too like when yeah. you're always you know doubting everything you know what do you stand what for? are you yeah exactly yeah i think what i got from it was that um in whatever you believe there has to be some concrete evidence or concrete facts behind it you can't just believe it just because you believe it or you can't believe it just because you want to be against the other person who believes, like, believes me also that's what i got like you need to have some basis to then say, okay, this is my opinion, or this is what I think is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I probably took away the most is that, like, in the pursuit of truth, like, it, 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 the inherent kind of nature of it is that, like, is to challenge. You know what I mean? So I, I think it is really important to challenge what you believe, even if that means, like, we, we sat there for two seconds to think, oh, maybe there's a flat, and then immediately we're like, no way. <laughs> Like, that's okay, you know what yeah. I mean? And I, I don't think necessarily not, uh, I don't think, what am I trying to say? I don't think challenging your beliefs means you're not very um, hard set on your beliefs, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I still fundamentally believe very strongly that the earth is round, but just because I doubt that for a second doesn't mean that, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not someone who has strong beliefs or something. Mm-hmm. But um, I hope that this is like a, topic we continue like we could mm. do like conspiracy theories every once in a while mm. yeah great um what you guys think about like a little collegiate update and then uh talking about like the college system in general yeah i think i mean i didn't know the numbers like those numbers are crazy what you talked about even the cost of colleges compared to the median income and then you talk about the endowment of those types of colleges in like and apparently amy gutman's <laughs> salary like <laughs> lady <laughs> yeah 4.6 million dollars a year or something like that yeah. whatever that is crazy that's insane i it, think it's little that makes me sorry i'm totally interrupting your thoughts on the cast i'm sorry yeah. can you like stop that <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's made me really agree with cole a lot more thinking like this is literally a business and she is a ceo like yeah it's crazy sorry continue. yeah i think it kind of reaffirms what i think educations are right not a business like you were saying cole i think that's very important like to go forward with as we look to make change yeah um it's similar for me it's just kind of just i've realized there's a massive problem with this and systematically with how we view education um and how it's presented in all its formats i feel like there's a lot of change that should come so i don't know how to approach that yet but 
the first step is obviously talking about the problems. So, mm-hmm. um, I kind of said a little bit what I what I thought already, um, but it just like just such a frustrating way that college works, and I just wish it was oriented towards like the good of all people a lot more, um, and just just how like selectivity is influencing like professional job rates and things like that. Um, and I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to be able to finish our conversation later in the year. All right. Okay. Um, that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. You can follow me on Instagram at jake.lorenz. You can follow Cole on Instagram at cole.2.kelly. And you can find Neral nowhere because he doesn't have a life. Feel free to follow our podcast Instagram at The Open Minds Pod and our TikTok at The Open Minds. Thanks, everyone. We hope to see you next week. And remember to always keep it open mind. It's too close-minded We're here to